Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. So this week, we're going to be talking about teacher retention and keeping teachers in the profession. It's not a great landscape at the moment, to be honest. Can you just set the scene a little bit, Laura? I've got some stats and stuff that I can bring out, but what, from your opinion, do you think is the scene for kind of teacher retention, employment, that kind of thing? I think you've kind of got polar ends of the spectrum at the minute. I think you've got people who are really wanting to get out and are, you know, there's a lot on, if you've been on social media, there's a lot of, you know, there's a huge Facebook page about leaving teaching and all the things people are going into. I think there's... I can check how many people are in that in a minute, but there's thousands of people in this group. You see a lot of it on your kind of standard Facebook pages, Twitter, like it's on all forms of social media. Very, very much people who have a negative opinion of either, I don't know if it's how valued they are in education or Mm. if it's the workload, which is pretty unmanageable at times, or if it's to do with the kind of ever-changing landscape of expectations, you know, the pressures of... Ofsted and all all of that stuff that comes with it, or and then on the other end of the spectrum, you also have the people who still really enjoy the job and are quite happy yeah. to stay in it. But I mean, I think any teacher out there would probably, and I'm speaking for everyone, but teachers have been in it for a couple of years. I wouldn't say in the first few years, but in a couple of years, you'd probably be lying if you said you hadn't considered it at one point. <laughs> like, let's be realistic. Everyone has sat there and gone. What else could I do? What could I do with my you know, degree? Yeah. What looks nice? What looks fun? And I don't know if that's just me that I I haven't this is my first kind of career job. So I've not been in a job where you know you've I've worked in shops and things, but I'm always like, oh, after a couple of years, I'm I'm bored. I don't want to change my job. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just my opinion of it, but I think every teacher at some point has sat down and gone, Can I work from home? This yeah. is <laughs> Well, yeah, especially yeah. after COVID when all these people are still like hybrid working, a lot of people are working from home and yep. getting that work-life balance a bit better. And I think teaching is just one of those jobs where a lot of people do it straight from uni as well. So they don't know the other side of it. Now, that could go either way. So you could go into corporate and hate it and want to come back to of teaching. Course, but yeah. I think right now it's a very divided no, I don't even want to just say nation because it's all over. The, it's all over the world. It's yeah. not just I mean, here. We, we'll get into it in a little bit more detail and stuff, obviously. But it is it's it's different across the nation in terms of like employability and things because what seems to be the story in Scotland seems slightly different in England, yeah. And what seems to be the story in high school seems different in primary. So there are different aspects and perspectives to it that we can talk about. Um, but just kind of generally to set the scene, do you mind if I hit you some like? Statistics. Go for it. Okay. So teachers are leaving the profession in record numbers. Unsurprising. So last, what was it? In 2021, there were 40,000 teachers that left the profession, just under 40,000 teachers in that year alone. Wow. In the UK. Wow. That's quite a big number. And I'll hit you with some of the the things that kind of lead up to that. So... Secondary job advertisements are up by 12% this year. So this is like 2023 statistics. Advertisements are up by 12%. That means there's more vacancies. This is generally more England statistics are coming from. Um, And apparently in this study that was done that I read, 13% of secondary teachers that were surveyed said there were vacancies in their school, unfilled vacancies. So just under 15% of schools 
um, have vacancies in them, okay, which might not be our experience because I've not. It's very different in primary. I would primary say primary is very yeah. different. Yep. However, in this study, nine percent of primary teachers said that that was their experience that there was vacancies within their school. Yeah. So it's just in, under ten percent in England as well. Though there's a there's a difference because when you hear from people who are down in England, quite often they comment on our videos or there's a. I mean. I feel like sometimes we exclude English teachers in this podcast. We don't mean to talk <laughs> Scottish-specific education. This Scottish. Is not, I know, this is not a Scottish-specific yeah. podcast. It's just our experience and the experience we have. But in England, because of the way it, the system works without the probation year and all of that, I think of part course, of the, yeah. the reason it's so hard to get a permanent job in Scotland is because the probationer system, albeit the probationer system is incredible and it gives you the first year, there's so many new people coming into yeah. guaranteed roles every single year that that kind of pushes yeah. out space for other people. So Yeah, and we'll uh, definitely get into that uh, a little bit more and as the episode goes, but the differences in systems definitely plays a part yeah. in the kind of differences in, in statistics. Continuing on, 59% of teachers expected to still be in teaching within three years' time compared to, Ooh. I think it was 10 years ago, I'm sorry, uh, 2019, 72% of teachers expected to be wow. in three years' time. So there's a drop-off of about 20%, um, or just under 20%, of teachers that um, want to leave the profession. So depending on which study you read, you know, it kind of varies, but this one particularly said it was quite a big drop. Um, another couple of statistics that kind of pointed to senior leadership, which was really interesting. So apparently fewer senior leaders now want to become head teachers mm. so now it's at about 43% of senior leaders so your deputies your kind of middle management compared to 56% in 2019 oh. so there's about a 10% 12% drop off so I'm a 13% drop off um, from senior leaders want to be head teachers so that gives you a little bit yeah. of the story of what's going on I mean the landscape's on. changing for them as well though like oh, we 100%. see how much the landscape for teachers mm. and educators has changed but for head teachers and senior leaders, that is also that's also true. Well, the you job's know, completely changed. It's yeah. completely changed for them, and a lot of people who are sitting in those middle management or just general class teacher jobs, or maybe were aiming for that, look at the job yep. now and say, "Oh, I don't know about that because it's so different." Yeah, hundred percent. A couple more, and then we can kind of uh, chat. He's about done them. his research I today. <laughs> this study was actually so interesting, so I just kept like, reading, reading, reading. So as I said, forty thousand teachers left the profession in twenty twenty one. There's not any current numbers on who left in 2022 and obviously 2023. Um, but 2021 was a hard year, uh, just coming of course, out of COVID. Yeah. So it might, that might have spiked it a little bit, but who knows? Uh, so we'll see in the next couple of years what the impact of the last couple of years is. And, excuse me, kind of more specific to Scotland in terms of uh, statistics, new teachers are kind of quitting, their, are quitting in droves over the lack of permanent contracts. So if yeah. you ask why are teachers quitting, the thing that comes back most often is because of a lack of permanent contracts, which you just mentioned. Yeah. And the current policy seems to favour temporary contracts within the profession as well. Your yep. your kind of supply contracts and things like that are favoured because they're a money saver. However, those things offer zero stability. I mean, we spoke about that when we first were looking for a job. You were wanting a mortgage and everything. Like it's it's so hard to get a mortgage when you've not got a permanent yeah. contract. All that kind of thing is affecting. So that's the landscape of where the teaching profession is. And that has totally changed from when we came out. So when I came out of university, it was like, oh, you get a job, no problem. Uh-huh. Like 
just at the tail end of that, I think 2019 is when we came out and then obviously COVID hit and that had a big impact. But when I was coming the whole way through university, it was like, yeah, you'll get a job. You'll get a job, They're, yeah. they're crying out for teachers. You know, there's no problem. And now the landscape has shifted where lots of teachers seem to be leaving, but in Scotland, in primary specifically, like it's really hard to get a job. Yeah, absolutely. And those things don't seem to like marry, marry up. up very well. How do you like make that make sense in your head? I think it's such a it's such a hard one if you're not in that position to sort of give information on or provide information on because obviously okay. I think a lot of people don't value teachers as bad as that sounds and you see it you know the classic I know we always joke about it the whole nine to three and yeah. all of that and you get that you can move on with that but I think in general people teachers just feel undervalued mm. completely undervalued and especially to go and teach secondary you have to be specifically trained to then go on and do that subject whatever subject it is mm -hmm. so a lot of these people who are coming out with these subject specific skills are looking at that job and saying would I want to go in that job where I'm not valued and I'm pushed to the brink for little reward and also no sort of motivation to then go further into your career or would I like to go and work field specific somewhere where I am valued mm. and it's one of those ones where I think younger people as well have this kind of shift of I actually saw this it was a it wasn't a podcast it was an interview or something and it was an an act an actor in America who was saying oh these millennials don't have any work ethic you know they're all about work-life balance and that means they've got no work ethic so I don't like working with them and in my head I'm thinking not having a work ethic but then also wanting a work-life balance and wanting to be valued they, that's yeah. not the same thing so obviously that kind of there's a massive generational shift yeah. and I think you're getting a lot of people who are coming into the profession who are saying I know I'm not going to be valued if I go and do that so why why would I put myself through it yeah. so that's why there's so many vacancies in secondary but obviously primary is a bit different because in primary you go through the four years mm. a lot of the people have gone through the four years and say well I've done four years of this so, so I need to make it work yeah. I've got to go for it I know that there's exceptions with the PGD and the PGCE but yeah. with the sec with secondary I'm I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I'm sure it's only the PGCE and PGDE route. There might be other ways somehow um, in some on subjects. The, yeah, and like technologies and stuff. I remember people um, did a kind of three-year course for in, that. In some subjects, but I think that makes a big difference yep. because they're, they're subject-specific. Why would they mm -hmm. want to put themselves through it if it's not going to be something that they're interested in? Yeah, and, and what we're seeing, uh, I think, as well in our area is uh, of primary, particularly a real, a real lack, sorry, a real lack of jobs being advertised. Yeah. Um, so although I was saying in England, it seems that there's, you know, you know, there's job adverts everywhere. For us, it's like every year it comes round and the way our kind of council does it is that they advertise at the start of the year and they do this big kind of recruitment drive. It seems like the job numbers are just dwindling yeah. and dwindling and it seems like the people applying for the jobs is just rising and rising. And I don't know whether that's because people aren't retiring or there's not as many posts available or the, or the funding's been cut so there's not, you know, support teacher slots available. There's yep. not, you know, when I was in school we had art teachers and we had PE teachers coming in and we had real spe specialists in the subjects and they have that anymore so that's obviously going to cut numbers as well. So I don't know whether it's a funding thing. It's really hard to put your finger on what the actual issue, issue is, is because there's lots of teachers that want to leave the profession but there's also lots of teachers that want a job 
and both of those things are yeah. happening. It's like, how is that even and possible? I think in, someone was saying this to me, someone had commented saying in Australia, they literally cannot get any teachers because oh, really? of the way... <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, of the <laughs> way come. they're being treated over there. And I've I don't, know if, it's, well, <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's treatment in terms of physical environment or if it's in terms mm. of pay and all of those things. I don't know what it is, but they, they, it's becoming a bit of a crisis there. They actually cannot get teachers. Wow, I did not know that. And I think in America, it's very similar situation. They're really struggling for teachers in America. But obviously in America, it's a very different side of things in terms of pay and contract hours mm, and you know totally obviously that all works completely different so we get we don't have necessarily we don't need to arrive at you know 8 15 and then leave at 3 15 we are just 35 hours across the week some days you might work eight yeah, hours so one day you might work relaxed, seven yeah. you know it's it's here there and everywhere kind of with your contract you get to decide but i think also you've got that total shift between the countries it's just yeah. even though there's loads of jobs and in it, well not loads of jobs but loads of jobs getting posted for secondary not loads mm-hmm. but more jobs being posted for secondary and there's no jobs in primary specifically here yeah. you still have this mass of people who are wanting to leave yeah so that's a really good segue into my next uh, kind of talking point that i wanted to bring up because instead of me giving ideas of what i think the problem is or what i think the issues are i took to instagram and i put out a poll and oh my goodness, the amount of people that responded to this poll. Mm. So we're going to do a little kind of listener voices here right in the middle and speak about what people actually think the main issues are yeah. for people leaving. It's like from the horse's mouth. It's not from my ideas. Yeah. I'm going to read uh, a few of them and we can discuss them. Yes, we'll put see. a disclaimer that these are not, we don't just make these up, I promise. They're not yeah. just from us. So if you if you want to take part in a listener's voices or if you want to send anything over, we have both of our, our socials and there's also a facebook page that we've we've made so you can yeah, join our facebook page it's the place part. to be we've posted <laughs> twice on it <laughs> hopefully by now we've posted a lot more if you're one of the 34 people in it thank <laughs> actually you. there's 62 now oh yeah I know. there you go if you're one of the 62 people you're ahead of the game yeah the 62 people are like the inner circle they yeah. know like, they know they know what's going on okay so there's some kind of common themes that come out so i'm not going to read every single one there's literally hundreds but a lot of them come with the same themes and you can maybe agree or disagree with them and if you're listening along you can agree or disagree as well but these are the reason that people think teachers are leaving the profession first one that came in was the work hours and the expectations don't match the pay and make it difficult to maintain a work-life balance i think we've kind of touched on that already yeah i mean i think the issue with the workload as well is it just keeps getting bigger (laughs) There, mm. there doesn't seem to be any point when they go, do you know what? That's probably enough on the plate. Like it's, okay, now you're also doing this. Now you're also doing that. And I guess you could argue that with every job, but also not really. Because if you've mm-hmm. got something added to your remit, there would be yeah. some sort of reward or I know I was something can't... taken off or delegated. Whereas yeah. with teaching, it's like, oh, by the way, here's 20 other things you're doing this year. Have fun. Yeah, because I was chatting to my brother who is a lawyer. He's just started a new job at a kind of bigger firm. And he was like, I love being a big company person. So here, we, here we go <laughs> of course and I was like oh why you know is it nice big office that kind of thing he was like no I get free healthcare like, right do you know so it, like they get yeah, all the these things like that that you're yeah, not yeah totally and, like people get fuel cards and things like in business but in teaching it's like you're just kind of expected so workload's a big one in fact every single pretty much every single one of these has workload in the answer somewhere workload out of contract hours lack of consequences for bad behaviour mm. I, I saw a, a video one. on this and it was an American guy who's like a P, he has 
a PhD in oh, education I, I, or something. Yeah, yeah, like, he's got like a side shed. Yeah, he was talking about yeah, Scottish yeah, yeah. education is learning that there's no consequence. I mean, I really wanted to stitch it because firstly, it was from a very questionable newspaper source that obviously had a bit of an agenda yeah. um, there with their article. And he was talking about how in Scottish education specifically, behaviours through the roof, there's no consequences because inclusion in Scotland is nobody can be taken out, nobody can be removed. Mm-hmm. Not my personal experience in Scottish education, but I can't speak for everyone. But also, presumably, behaviour is difficult everywhere. I don't know. If yeah, I, I don't know if you've watched many of his videos. He's quite a big proponent for um, like exclusions and, and having yeah. like really strict consequences, which would be more common in America, I suppose. But I, it has been my experience in teaching in Scotland. I've seen it. You know, yeah. I've been in different schools, obviously, than you. And... I would say that that is a big, just kind of generally taking it as a big mm-hmm. factor of course, in yeah. teachers' burnout and mental health. And being and provided like that. with less support to 100%. manage those behaviours is very difficult. Yeah, I mean, we're just taking from, like, that's one, I'm just counting here, one, two, three, four, at least on my screen that I've just mentioned um, children's behaviour. Behaviour. Yeah. yeah, becoming like a major issue for Because you're fighting teachers. fires all day. At the end of the day, you're fighting fires and you can't actually do your job. Yep. And then you feel guilty because there's 30 other kids in your class, or I'm not speaking about my class specifically, but you know, yep. there are a percentage of other children in that class that you feel like you're letting down because you're spending 80% of your day fighting fires with one or two people. Yeah. Here's one here that's similar to what we've just spoken about, too many needs that we can't cater for. So yeah. a lot of teachers are feeling underprepared or underqualified to deal with the needs that are in front of them. I know I've certainly felt um, a kind of, what's the word? Oh, I can't even think of the word. Like un- being unprepared and feeling like you're faking it till you make it kind of thing. And you're like, I have no yeah. idea how to deal with the needs that are in front of me. I've felt that in my career at times, um, especially as a young teacher. Um, just starting and out, then again a be... lack of support to actually manage those things and I think yeah. part of that issue is the expectation is there that these children will be academically on track however you're doing it all yourself yeah which is really difficult 30, 30 people is a lot <laughs> yep 31 32 33 okay a couple more just it's all like here's one that said I left teaching after six years because of excessive paperwork and micromanagement hmm that's an interesting one. Paperwork's a hard one because really teaching is is teaching. But now I think you spoke about this in the the workload one that everything is data driven, it's mm. documented, it's everything's written down, there's a yeah. place for everything, there's an assessment opportunity and everything. Whereas how do you do that with managing behaviour, mm-hmm. with properly supporting students and with no support? It's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Do you remember we were on that train and... Um, I find this really interesting. Do you remember when we were on that train, and, and this might be an English thing that you um, find different f- from us in Scotland, we were on that train and for talk for writing, and the lady that was leading it was English. And she just kind of made a throwaway comment, and she was like, yeah, so when you're doing this, you just want to get your kind of classroom assistant or your, your teaching, TA, your yeah. TA, your teaching assistant to write these things up on the board for you as you're, and the whole room was like, ah, <laughs> like so laughing, funny. and she was being dead serious. Because I don't know what the situation is in England, but I know they've got different roles that we don't have. Yeah. For example, when we spoke to Mr. P, 
he spoke about his brother not actually being a teacher but being some kind of was it like senior TA or something like yeah, that something like, like I that. don't think that was the exact words but and he could teach lines. certain things but um, wasn't actually a qualified teacher we don't have that in Scotland no so, that doesn't exist in Scotland and you know classroom assistant roles are so few and far between hours are so few and far and between and classroom assistants are massively undervalued oh. A hundred percent. These people keep the school together. I know. And 100%. they are the most undervalued people in education. Yeah. So I don't know how, worth their weight in gold. And then when you're thinking about that, like we, like the whole room, and um, there must have been... There was a lot of us, yeah. At least six or seven schools represented. I don't know yeah, even more than that. So. And the whole place erupted and she was like a wee bit put off because in England <laughs> she like, just, she just thought everyone had a teaching assistant. We were like, we... We get like three hours a week or something or like five hours a week you know it's really stripped back so that can be a reason absolutely as well i put something more interesting on what i think is really interesting on instagram as well so this is a little bit more listener voices and i said and i'd love to see what your thoughts are i said if you're a magic wand or like a magic money tree or something i don't know you know one of those yeah. like tropes if you had one of those what would you fix, first of all, about the education system or about the way that schools are set up uh, to fix some of these retention issues specifically? I think I would ask... And a coffee machine doesn't count. Okay. Although, how good would a coffee machine be? Fine. If I can't choose a coffee machine... Imagine like a big, <laughs> like a big barista one. If I can't choose a Starbucks in the school, <laughs> I'll pick something on else. Campus Starbucks. <laughs> on campus Starbucks. On campus Starbucks. I think I would... I but might, free, but they would have to yeah, be free. Yeah. Of course. My issue is a lot of the time we're given initiatives from government level, be it Scottish government, UK government, whatever it is, where you get all these expectations put on you. The COVID gap's going to be closed by, the attainment gap's going to be put on, closed by, but then you see no evidence of the funding to support that. Mm. Like obviously... In Scotland, we've got the PEF funding, which is great. And that covers a good bit of extra support and extra funding. But I feel what I said at the early, what I said earlier is, is true. Your expectations are constantly being added to and your workload okay. is constantly being added to because it's, oh, the teachers will fix this. Like it's this big, bold statement. Yeah. And oh, the teachers and the head teachers and the, the people who work in the schools will fix this. But there's not any support to actually fix that. Do you know that we've still got huge classes? Smaller mm -hmm. classes would help to fix that, but you would need to employ more teachers. Yep. It's not going to happen. You know, we're talking about all these ways to support students and support people. Well, the way that's going is ed tech and technology, but there's no funding for that. Yep. So in some councils, you've got one-to-one -one devices, whereas sometimes you're planning out writing or maths and you know, right, I can't use the devices at this point because somebody <laughs> yeah. else is using them. And all of these things that we could be doing to meet the expectations we're given, so what would but we you don't do? have any funding for it. So what would you do so if, if I you was had the funding? Waving my magic wand, it would be smaller classes and more teachers <laughs> in those classes. <laughs> <laughs> that would um, kill me. So I don't think you want to do that one. But I would, I would have it smaller class sizes. Smaller I class mean, sizes. Okay. We, I think we, we know have, we have an interesting viewpoint on this one yeah. because when we co-taught together one year. And we had and a we class. We had like two primary sevens. We had two, yeah, there were large, a large year group that was split into two. Yeah. And I had 20. Did you have 21 or 20? I think you had 21 and I had 20. Okay, either way. I had 21, you had 20. I can't mm -hmm. actually remember. So in Scotland, that is a small class for an upper school. Yeah. I have got 30 now. 
and the difference is that was a shock to the the system last yep. year because I had 27 last year and that was you know we were thinking about it this way as well seven extra students right say I had 20 seven extra students 70 more minutes of parents night yeah if you're marking seven a daughter five minutes of an 100%. extra daughter so that takes away your time but also mm-hmm. in that seven children you could have so many more diverse needs that if you have smaller classes you could also streamline a little better so that yep. the classes can be a bit more even in terms of needs and in terms of differentiation so you're not differentiating up two or three levels and down two or three levels that's interesting the first comment here support uh, funding for more professionals to support and decrease class sizes decrease class i agree with that person um, whoever they may be this is a good one as well another one said improve support staff wage they are invaluable and their pay doesn't reflect this oh yeah absolutely really agree. retweet <laughs> double double <laughs> click yep. for like love heart everything you can do um again smaller classes an extra adult to facilitate play properly that's an interesting one um I oh mean, we benefit this one from commented like five times. The extra adult thing does make a massive difference because if you were leading a lesson, I could be marking our stuff or prepping for another lesson. Like mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. Yeah, remember when we had so we like split the class, and obviously there was two of us in an open plan base with forty kids. So sometimes it would be like, right, I'm going to teach this to everyone. If you want to just crack on and get with planning the maths, get or like, planning yeah. on the maths, and it was such like that teacher work life balance that year was the best year because. We could totally split oh, all yeah. tasks. Now, lots of people get that when they have a stage partner. We don't have that because we're single stream the whole way through yeah. the school. I remember that in my first year having a stage partner. It was easier because you could plan certain up. things and you could work together and things like that. So we have that disadvantage. But uh, but yeah, oh, this is interesting. Um, again, more uh, support staff. Um, this person would get rid of standardized testing. I think that's probably one. more, and we do standardise testing here, but it's not, I think in England, the SNSAs are, SNSAs, they don't call them that. Yeah. Their SATs are used, aren't they, for what high school they go to, that's whereas just, we don't have, we don't, yeah. they, they don't determine. No, they don't really determine. Any, like, they don't determine where you're going <laughs> to go. It's just or, so we know, like, It's just a baseline assessment yeah. to see general attainment. Yeah. This is so interesting. This is the last thing I'm going to say from this, that the amount of people that are saying more support staff, more support staff, more support staff. Someone commented here, a classroom assistant for every class to assist learning, not just one-to-ones. So in Scotland, again, we're saying in Scotland, but in Scotland we have something called pupil support assistants or ASNAs, uh, additional support needs assistants, and they are one-to-one with the child and they, again, are invaluable. They're really helpful when it comes to inclusion. Um, But their hours are being cut and also that then negates having a classroom assistant yep. in your class because they think, oh, you've got an extra support in the class, but that's just a one-to-one. Yeah, so, if, so they're there for that one that child. If that child needs them, then 100%. Yeah, they're not there um, for everyone. So yeah, a classroom assistant in every class would be unbelievable. Like you'd feel like half your workload would be yeah. like half to be amazing. Even just for general, like, you know what it's like if you're working with a small group that needs you, it's really difficult to then get up and walk around the rest of the class. And then yeah. you get back and you feel like you've wasted those small groups time because you know, they maybe finish their question and yeah. it's really hard. So a classroom assistant even just to be able to help you with that sense of could you just go around the room and answer any questions if there's any, you know, that would be, that would be the dream. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know it'd be amazing and they could do like the small groups and everything so much better than just leaving the kids yeah. to it on their own. Um, I kind of, we're going to talk about this in our next episode. So if you want to 
listen to that, then you can talk about, uh, you can listen to that and hear a little bit more in depth. But I pulled up some stuff again about teacher retention and it's linked to COVID. I know we're all kind of sick of talking about COVID, to be honest. But <laughs> Better not listen to the next episode. I know, episode next episode <laughs> we're going to talk about it at length. But we're going to talk about the COVID gap, which is a really interesting subject. But here, I, I pulled up a quote and I'll, I'll read it just now. It says, the COVID pandemic has enhanced the overall stress within teaching the yeah. teaching profession. Many schools opted for a hybrid model, which, you know, was just what you had to do, yep. which included both online and face-to-face. -face. So you did the online stuff. Mm -hmm. I was in class, yeah. you know, during COVID. I think with that one, they're also talking about like in America where mm. children could opt or adults could opt if their child was going to learn online or in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been so challenging. Such a difficult... To spend your day in front of half the class and yeah. half, half online. That must have been so I know, difficult. Exactly. And then it says... Teachers were not prepared for this change and had to undergo quick upskilling to use technology yeah. effectively, personally, and for their students. Yeah. During that time period, many teachers resigned from their jobs, leading to ample staff shortages and a lack of resources to plan students' curriculum. Again, a little bit more US-based. But you can see the stress that the, yeah. the pandemic and the, the change in the landscape of the teaching profession after the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, you think about the amount of technology that we use now because of COVID. Like... Massive. We've we've had to learn a lot and people that aren't used to working with technology in their everyday, that would have been quite overwhelming yeah. for a lot of them. Whereas we, we just came out at that time. So it was like, that's all new to us anyway. So we were just getting used to it yeah. anyway. So. I think a lot of workplaces though shifted with COVID and they kind of took yeah. out the good bits, but also a lot of the bad things were just, I mean, we spoke about working from home. But a lot of offices realised actually staff morale is higher if you're in the office a couple yep. of days a week and then you could kind of just be left to your own devices because you're a trusted professional to do your job at home. Yeah. Cool. But then teaching never had any of those changes where the good bits were taken out. You know, it was mm -hmm. always, it just went back to the same, but with, again, more expectation. So it wasn't that we shifted and there was good things taken from it. It was... Yeah just straight back to what it was with more expectation on you. Yeah, it's difficult, definitely. If you've been enjoying listening to Inside Voices, we would really appreciate if you took some time to leave us a review wherever you listen. I know you have one for this week, so what is your tale of the week? This is kind of so gross. Oh, I don't want to say it. Right, okay. <laughs> We're just back to school, right? We're... We're filming this episode, it's coming out, like, we have been back a week. A week. A week, right? A full first week was... Monday to Friday. Oh, was she rough. was tired. Why am I not back in a routine of going to the toilet? <laughs> Why is he still halfway through the morning, half nine hits, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am bursting. Or after break... It's all that coffee. In between, <laughs> in between break and lunch, I'm like, flip, like, I'm actually... Gonna run There's out There's nothing room. worse than when you forget to go at lunchtime and it gets to oh, two o'clock and you're going, oh I've got hour. my goodness, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. And I can't make it. As a teacher, you know that you can't go to the toilet like unless you've got like a classroom assistant in there. If you've got someone that you can just like ask, I've got no one that can cover my class. <laughs> so I'm literally dancing about in the last hour of the day. Like, ah, I used to have the routine nailed. Like, yeah, I used to have a bladder of steel. And now I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how to The sleep it. schedule and the toilet schedule are not great right now. It's terrible. We've spoken about having a, a kind of magic wand and fixing things, but how do you actually think overall, how do you think we keep teachers in the profession? We need to empower teachers. We need to give them the tools to succeed. 
like everything we've spoken about the, <laughs> the funding the support the the value and yeah. the fact they are a trained professional i think that's a really interesting point the value when you're in your career you want to feel like you're going somewhere don't you you're making yeah. a difference lots of people lots of teachers get into the profession and say i i want to get into the profession i want to make a difference you know, mm-hmm. And a lot, lot of teaching is self-motivation as well because there's not a kind of intrinsic reward. Yeah. Obviously, you're paid a wage. People have argued that is your reward. But in other situations, if you work in banking, financing, sales, mm-hmm. you sell X, you get Y. You know, yeah. you might get an increased bonus. You might get a little a little treat treat here and there, you yeah. know. <laughs> Who knows? Free dental. But there is, there's no intrinsic reward in teaching. Mm-hmm. So it's self-motivation. Extrinsic. Uh, extrinsic. Yeah, like an outward... An outward reward. Yeah. Awkward. (laughs) Extrinsic reward. There's no... There's nothing. So you have to self-motivate yourself. But if you're exhausting teachers Mm. and turning them against the profession and what... Ultimately, they still wanted it because they wanted to make a difference. And I think that is part of the challenge. A lot of teachers would say, you know, but I, I want to be in this job because... I had a teacher that did that for me or I want to make that difference. I want to support these students because ultimately they they love having students and they love being a teacher, but everything else that's going with it right now is turning people against it. So how do you keep people self-motivated if you're not empowering them, if you're not treating them the way they deserve to be treated? Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well. I I find this really interesting. Someone someone said this in our um, staff room, which kind of links to what I think would help with the empowering. Someone said... Um, teaching used to be so fun yeah and I was like that's interesting because they're going back you know 15 years or whatever yeah. compared to like what we can go back and they were like yeah you just used to just be, be able to just kind of have more of a laugh with your your class you know you could have more time with them you got to chat to them a little bit more you got to know them a little bit more whereas now with the profession with the profession there's a lot more expectation mm. and expectation isn't a bad thing but if it takes away that element of fun in the job that can be hard for a lot of people especially when they've had it yeah and then they know what the difference is like yeah exactly i also thought a good way of keeping this would be a personal one for me keeping teachers in the profession is you have to tap into their creativity and -hmm. their passion side of yeah things if you're not tapping into you know here's a bonus in christmas you've got to tap into motivate somehow here is some kind of motivation and what we're going to do is we're going to give you creative control of something. Yeah, not such a prescriptive curriculum yeah. or a prescriptive day. And whilst a lot of people find it difficult leading subjects or leading things, I think just letting teachers be creative in their own classroom mm-hmm. is such a big one. When people feel that they have the freedom and the autonomy to work within their own bounds, in a sense, rather than being like, okay, Ofsted want you to do this. So you yeah. need to, you know... People feel the pressure of I need to tick all these boxes and everything's a box tick, box tick in the exercise. Whereas if you give teachers creativity, they're going to come up with some amazing you stuff. You bring back the kind of passion and the... Uh-huh, 100%. I mean, you know yourself when you're passionate for something. Like when we started this podcast, it was like buzz. You yeah. Because we're starting something new. We're passionate about it. We're getting a kind of kick out of it. You're saying that as if we hate doing it now. It's I know, when we sure. started this podcast back, back in the in day. September. <laughs> but <laughs> we are so passionate about this podcast um, because it allows us to be creative. Yeah. And it gives us this kind of... So we don't mind working till nine o'clock at night. We don't mind sitting on a Saturday doing a little bit of work. We don't mind on a Sunday night, you know, rattling out some emails and doing things because it's something we're really passionate yeah. about. 
And if you can tap into that with teachers, I think, I don't know why I feel like I'm preaching at you or like, this no. is like <laughs> welcome to my TED talk. But do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I agree. And I think part of the reason this is so enjoyable. Now, obviously, I'm not saying to everyone go out and start a podcast. No, please don't, because that would be we competition. Don't, <laughs> we don't need any rivals. <laughs> please don't. Um, but if, if I think this has also motivated me at my job, because mm-hmm. we've been able to speak to really interesting people. But not only that, we've we've kind of picked topics to discuss based on what people have been asking. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to talk about education in this way, because you then are actually able to sit down and kind of look at it out of the classroom and out of a staff room in a kind of level-headed way. I mean, you can talk about yep. teaching in a staff room at lunchtime, but if you're still in that environment of a school, it's really easy to get riled up about these things. And, oh, you yeah, know, totally, yeah. I, I've done it. I've sat there and just ranted for an hour because it's it's so easy to do because you're in you're there. you're stressed. And, yep. and you're in the moment. Whereas here, it's nice to step back and look at it level-headed. And a lot of the time we can identify problems that sometimes we talk about it and I think, oh, you know, I did that today. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, I better go and look at how I can shift that or how I can change that or you get intrinsic and extrinsic confused because it's <laughs> been a really long day. But, you know, it, that is a bit of self-motivation for us too. So I think totally. when you're relying on self-motivation, like you said, you have to give somebody something to self-motivate them. It's not a physical thing, but you have to give them some... Like a goal. or uh-huh, yeah. Something that they can say... I'm going to use this to motivate mm-hmm. myself and motivate my love for this job. That must be so hard. See, when you think about, like, obviously, leadership in school, I, I personally think that they don't get enough credit for the job that they yeah. do, especially now. And I'm not just saying that because that sounds so like such a suck up. But do you know what I mean? Like, I've got some family that are in leadership. I know what the job entails. But it must be such a hard thing to do for leaders to pick out the talents of their staff yeah and think okay they are really artistic you can work with this you can work with that i'm going to give you a project here or they are really like a positive person i'm going to get them in a leadership kind of thing it must be so i changed my name from that positive teacher because it wasn't going that way (laughs) (laughs) one time in a staff room that negative (laughs) teacher (laughs) staff meeting she goes i knew you were gonna bring this one up She's literally called on Instagram and TikTok. Her name was okay, this is, that this positive teacher. <laughs> and she goes, in a staff meeting, I'm not really a positive person. Like, in front of the whole staff. For context, everyone, that was one of those things you definitely shouldn't have said out loud, right? No. It was it was one of those moments where the, just the inner demons won. And it'd be a long day. And then I realized I said it when everyone was staring at me. <laughs> and it was me. something like it's, nurture or something was, we were talking it's about. It's almost like, how can you, or what do you feel positive about? And I just I went... I'll be honest, I'm not that positive of a person. In front of the whole staff and everyone was like... Everyone turned around and once somebody just went, I can't believe you've just said that out loud. And everyone did laugh, but it's one of those ones like, I can't believe I've just said that out loud. I'm so sorry. That was an internal thought. She goes and changes her TikTok. Yeah, that's why it's teaching Mrs. F now. (laughs) So yeah, finding that like, finding that point of passion, that like that kind of touch point where a teacher is excited about the job again yeah. is 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 difficult to do but i think that keeps teachers in a role essentially and also so many comments about workload i mean class sizes cut them down cut the class sizes and you've got Anybody's to think about to this who has the power to do so yeah Please i was gonna do. say nicola sturgeon but she's not even Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Inside Voices. Come back next week where we're going to be talking about the COVID gap and how it's affected our teaching. 
And remember, in here, these are inside voices. Mm-hmm.